Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. On today's podcast, Southern Miss almost hires Art Bryles. Coach goes biblical. Signing day madness. Miami gets the punter we love and the ongoing saga of chicken restaurant crime in New Orleans. Welcome to Yahoo Sports College Podcast. I'm Dan Wetzel, joined, as always, Pat Forty, Pete Thamel. Gentlemen, we're taping this on National Signing Day, or, or, or what used to be one of the great holidays on the college football calendar I really enjoyed when this was the day it felt like a, a reprieve from a month of nothing we we're in the off season now all the kids almost all the kids sign in uh, December where we're not really seeking out just any faint hope of college football news or action or anything it's just not quite the same for me and I, I really upset that they didn't take my feelings into account <laughs> setting up the recruiting calendar but we will get to whatever news we have here on national signing day um but first we have got a story that's completely nuts it's full of conflict controversy and contains a petty vengeful statement basically calling a wrath of god from a coach <laughs> to its administration for being unchristian-like. In other words, other than like two Big 12 coaches fighting while drinking Bush Light, <laughs> nothing is more in our wheelhouse than this. Oh. I, I, I'd never seen such excitement over a story. Than when that We got Pete to respond to the text on that one. How about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That doesn't mean I necessarily read all the text, no. but I did respond. <laughs> did respond to this one. Southern Mississippi head coach Jay Hobson interviewed and wanted to hire former Baylor head coach Art Bryles as the Golden Eagles offensive coordinator. Now, purely football, I get this from Hobson's part. Southern Miss does not have a budget to get real high-quality assistance. They got to go with young guys, hope they prove themselves. Bryles is about 10,000% overqualified for the job. Of course, the reason he's available because he, while overseeing Baylor's ascension into the big time, uh, his football program had a string of uh, rapes and sexual assaults involving his players, and there was a pattern of 
over-involvement. I think I'm going to try to make this as kind as, or I don't even know if it's kind or fair, uh, from the football staff in the investigations. Uh, Bryles was, was uh, forced out. Or who knows what happened? Uh, but he was given like a $15 million buyout uh, to leave Baylor. So, you know, let's cry, cry no rivers here for that. Um, now, we can get into whether Bryles should ever coach again. I guess that's somewhat of a reasonable debate. Hobson, though, certainly believed it and um, was quite angry when the Southern Miss administration put the kibosh on his plan. Uh, obviously, the administration believed things like bad publicity, questions about campus safety, and just general negativity were more important than having a guy who could design a killer uh, route tree for third and long. <laughs> Hobson, though, would not take this lightly in, in a just unprecedented deal here um here is his statement to brett mcmurphy okay although i respect the decision of dr rodney bennett and i don't think he does respect it but let's let's give him this (laughs) very clearly he does not respect it i disagree with it oh you more than disagree jay hobson i am so grateful for grace and forgiveness god gives me I'm, i'm so grateful for the grace and forgiveness god gives me which allows me to inherit his kingdom, which I do not deserve. Okay? Uh, I have interviewed Art Bryles for an assistant position at Southern Miss and believe... This thing's written like a ransom note. Like, there's just quotes. I mean, there's just... <laughs> Cut out of a magazine? Like, yeah, like, there's there's capitalizations in odd places. Um, so, give me a sec here. Okay, I've interviewed it's, our browser. It's, it's written in football coaches. Football coaches, yeah. or like when my 13-year-old sends me a text, and yeah. I have to decipher it. I believe he is a man who deserves a second chance. He is a man that seems sincere and humble in his interview, and personally, he committed no crime. He may not have acted in the proper protocol, but that would have been my, like this, J-O-B, all capitalized. Why? I don't know. My job at Southern Miss, exclamation point. He was interviewing for an assistant position, even though I believe he will be a head coach at a major program in the near future. However, I believe he is a man who does love the Lord and deserves a second chance. He has been banned from employment in college football for three years and has been punished. I understand understand both sides have opinion. This is just mine. Exclamation point. God bless Jay Hobson. And with that, Hattiesburg burnt to the ground. (laughs) I... I've never seen a coach go just full on, full in on the administration, particularly one who isn't like Nick Saban knowing he can get the dude fired. He's Jay Hobson, who is kind of a rising coach. Like he did a really good job at Alcorn State. Then I think he was uh was he at Smith State, I think, as an assistant. Now he's here. And USM's a good little job. Um but to basically call anyone unchristian-like, which is what he's implying here. He believes, and God gives him grace, in southern Mississippi. I mean, that, you might as well be spitting on their mama. I mean, that is that is some serious... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a public school, but um, uh, this is unbelievable. Now, the, the job of the administration is the stewardship of the school, not making sure Art Bryles gets second chances. So 
Uh, but let's get to it. Pat, I uh, I have a very good feeling. I have strong a feeling <laughs> as Jay Hobson has about Art Briles' redemption that you have thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, it's very insightful of you, Dan. What in the name of God, since we invoke God many times, was Jay Hobson thinking here? This is un- If I were Rodney Bennett and the president of Southern Miss, Jay Hobson would have been in my office by noon, and I would have had to have somebody restrain me from firing him, if not choking him. It's just it's <laughs> unbelievable that the... First of all, the, the tone deafness, the sanctimony, and then the, the sheer insouciance, this 21-16 and 16 third-year coach who is going to tell the administration, you're not as godly as I am, and you don't see the forgiveness that needs to be given here because Art Browse loves the Lord, okay? So there you have it. Did he love the Lord when he was at Baylor when 31, uh, there were 31 accusations involving 52 players? of assaults on women and other people on his campus? Did he love the Lord then? Yeah, we, I, hey, second chances, absolutely. We've all needed them in life. We've all made mistakes, some of them very big mistakes. This wasn't really a mistake what Art Browse was doing at Baylor. This was the way he ran a program. This wasn't a blind spot for one guy. It was the way he ran a program with no regard for how his players acted with no regard for the safety or well-being of the females on that campus or in Waco, and it was all about winning games. So, hey, he can, he can earn a living. He can get another job. It shouldn't be on a college campus. It shouldn't be coaching football, and it sure as hell shouldn't be with Jay Hobson, who probably should be fired his own self. Just unbelievable, unbelievable reaction from him to me. Based, unbelievable. Based on the, the fan, the, the standing of of art briles by jay hobson here yes. i really don't think jay hobson was going to provide a lot of oversight to coach briles <laughs> yeah i mean who's the boss pete well let's just start with this <laughs> be honest dan did you know who jay hobson was this morning at 9 a.m I did because I did a story on an Alcorn State quarterback a few years ago, and Jay Hobson okay. was the coach. So, right. yes, but only because of that. So you were vaguely aware of his existence. I knew. Pat, I, I, I think I've spoken to him. Okay. Pat, Maybe you not, probably – He may not probably have returned my a, call. I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> you probably would have been a coin flip on naming Southern Mrs. Coach this morning, right? Yeah, it was 50-50. I think I probably could have gotten it. I probably could have, too, but I wouldn't have been like, oh, I would have been like, wait a minute, did they hire that guy from Alcorn like a few years ago? So anyway, Jay Hobson, welcome to mainstream, welcome to the media, and welcome to the fact that this is going to haunt you for the rest of your career. Like, to make your general introduction into the mainstream American consciousness a pro-Art Riles rant backed by God and really I don't any and really no one else it is the single most disastrous career decision I've ever seen like I don't really know of any singular public statement that could backfire stronger on a coach first of all I agree with Pat I really like if you're the president of Southern Miss you have to fire back to something you have to suspend him for a game you have to do something because he basically used God as an excuse to put a middle finger up in your face and throw a temper exactly tantrum right. for the university. And 
I'm not particularly religious. I did go to Catholic school. I do believe in God. Blah, you know, but like, I just hate people inserting God into sports as like a way, you know, just coaches inserting God. It, this really has nothing to do with God. All right. Yeah. Like, no, it has in, nothing to do with God. It has nothing, nothing to do with God. It, it, the coaches who bring in God as like a deflection or like an excuse, just, I just uh, think God had, God had no place in this. Common sense had a place here. Art Browse was too toxic for the CFL. Think about that. A CFL franchise, never mind, which is obviously just a business organization, never mind a campus that I assume is around 50% women, that has a women's studies department, that's going to have people who are just viscerally offended by the notion of bringing Art Bryles there. Art Bryles is toxic. He's beyond toxic. The dumbest thing in there is that he thinks Art Bryles is going to be a college head coach in a few years. Because if you can't get hired yeah. in Winnipeg. Are you kidding me? Yeah. There's no now, way. To me, like, as this was coming, I thought, well, if you are a talented coach, there's always somewhere with low enough morals to hire you. And it has to be some sort of outlier bandit institution. But quite frankly, you know, there's been three years of hiring cycles now for Art Bryles, and he's 0 for 3. And the, the longer it goes, and Southern Miss clearly capitulated to public pressure here. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. They, Jay Hobson obviously wanted to do this. He made this pretty clear. I oh, think yeah. I think any right-thinking board and president – doesn't want to take just that acid rainstorm that comes with the Bryles name. That's and the thing. You are you are just asking for a heaping of abuse uh, that you don't need. I, I, by the way, the 63% female students at Southern Miss, I'm sure they would all be thrilled to have Art Bryles yeah, there. Wow. Uh, and Boy, that's, that's, a, that's a good you, place for a guy to go to school. 63%. <laughs> Gentlemen of Mississippi, what are we doing? <laughs> but Opportunity. Uh, you can probably find a Lord-loving, God-fearing offensive coordinator out there who can dial up some plays who didn't run a sexual assault mill of a program. I'm just thinking you might be able to, Jay. Go find one. <laughs> I, I, I know I do yeah. not live in the Bible Belt, but like this is not a religious institution. No. And I, I mean, it, it, this, this line right off the bat, if I was Rodney Bennett, I'd probably fire him. I, and I yeah. mean, what are, what are we talking about? They're coming off a, his third year. They're six and five. Okay, like yeah. it's not like, oh my right. God, the, the boosters are going to revolt or something. But when you come out of the gate with, I am so grateful for the grace and forgiveness God gives me, which allows me to inherit His kingdom, which I do not deserve. Okay, this is your belief. Fine. This has nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Nothing. And the the president of Southern Miss needs to sit there and say. Okay, how are we stewarding the university? Okay, would this affect donations? Would this affect uh, some students saying, I don't want to go there? Some parents, would this affect negativity? Would this affect grants from major corporations that want to do research with our, with our chemistry department? W what would this do? That's their job. This is such a small thing. Okay, what happens if Art Bryles is the offensive coordinator? Do they go eight and four? Instead of six and five, like what, how good, like what does this even matter? And the idea that you would go all in and basically call Rodney Bennett clearly not grateful for the grace and forgiveness God gives <laughs> that allows Jay Hobson to inherit the kingdom, which he does not deserve. You're basically saying Rodney Bennett <laughs> does not, is not grateful. I mean, all because he's, he's making a business decision because 
Being the president of the school is about a business. It's not about the second chance for Art Bryles. That is not what Southern Miss is there for. Art Bryles has tons of money. There are tons of people that are second chances. He can go to the NFL if, the, if somebody wants him there. He can go over, like, you know, Rick Patino. He's coaching he's co- in Italy or yeah, something right in now. Italy, right? Do that. Yeah. He doesn't deserve anything. No. And, and I just, what school? Jay Hobbs can go, you know, he better go 12-0 and 0 the next three years because what school, what SEC school is going, oh, I want to bring this guy in. <laughs> yeah. I want this guy to be under me. I'm an AD, and I'm going to get torched in this bizarre letter with, with, with grammatical errors and oddball cap. <clears throat> I mean, this is like, what is this? I am not yeah. hiring this guy unless he goes – 36 and 0 in the regular season next three years. And and so if you're I mean, he's better hope he Bennett doesn't fire him, better hopes he stays at at uh yeah. Southern Miss. Now, if that's how strongly he feels about Art Bryles, then so be it. But as Pete said, what a way to man, put your career on the balance. What a hill to die on. You you tried. <laughs> you can rant and rave in the office and go, This this stinks. Yeah. Art got yeah. screwed. If you want to believe that, go ahead. But this thing is crazy. And you know what he had to say, Dan? Nothing. Nothing. No one was yeah, seeking right. comment from him. <laughs> Nobody cared who Jay Hobson was this morning. Nobody cared what he had to say. That read like some like Southern Miss fan 68 post on GoldenEagles.com's rival site. Like, it's just so preposterous when nothing was required and he basically put forward his whole reputation. Just a preposterously bad decision by Jay Hobson. Sanctimonious, insubordinate, terrible decision-making. Yeah, go hire him. Sure. He, Like you said, Dan, he better hope he keeps the job he has because ain't nobody else going to want him. Well, maybe it's Liberty. <laughs> there is Liberty, which did hire Ian McCall, the AD who oversaw the Art Browse reign of terror. Yeah. So. And Hugh Freeze. And Hugh Freeze. And Hugh Freeze. So if you they believe in the, the gra- in tour. the capital G grace ampersand forgiveness of God. <laughs> ampersand. <laughs> That's all we right. got, man. All right. Well, we just spent more time talking about Southern Miss football than we ever expected. <laughs> in this true. this case is clearly testing that any publicity is good publicity axiom. I, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all oh, love Hattiesburg too. Quite a little town. Quite a very underrated town. You can yeah, drive. That, I've had fun there. That's, you can drive under the stadium there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Here's how much Jay, Jay Hobson had had galvanized the local fan base. Uh, their their thirty six thousand capacity stadium. Their their biggest crowd was twenty nine thousand to open the season because it was against Jackson State, which brought its own fans. Nineteen against Louisiana Monroe. Twenty against Rice. 21 against UTSA, 20 against Marshall, 19 against Louisiana Tech. So clearly, he has the uh, he has the voice of the fans for authority behind him. They don't they don't care who he is either. Yeah, and announced attendance is uh, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. announced attendance. Didn't they hire Eustachy? Weren't they the first ones to bring him back yeah, off the bounce? Sure. Yeah, oh, and, and they hired Donnie Tyndall after he got in trouble with the NCAA uh, at, uh, yeah. at Moorhead State. Yeah. Stacy had that gone sober go by well. then, though. Yeah. No, he would drink the Diet yeah. Cokes under the bench. He would he would bring oh, yeah. a cooler of Diet Cokes and drink six of them during a game. Yeah, yeah I went and did a story on him when he was yeah. there. I did a game. They, you, Stacy and uh, 
uh, it was a Southern Miss versus UTEP game. Stacy Stacy versus Tim Floyd, <laughs> where once Tim Floyd sold Larry Eustacey's house at Iowa State as one as Eustacey <laughs> came in, and Floyd went to the Bulls, and they were both like the hottest two hottest coaches in America. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like fifteen years later on the bounce, <laughs> they're playing each other. <laughs> Where's Tim Floyd now, Dan? He's retired. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure if someone gives him a job, he'd come back. But the yeah. thing about Eustacey and Tim Floyd and some of those guys, there's a couple others kind of like them. Like, they can always win games. Like, they actually could coach. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So they, Both they, of them they, were great coaches. Yeah, they, they'd have some foibles along the way. But at the end of the day, they get you 18 wins you know, with whatever they got, put them anywhere. They'll get you to 18 and 12, 18 and 10 yeah. in basketball. Um, so you yeah. Stacy did handle his, uh, his, his business a little better, uh, but he was still, he was still trouble. You, anyway, you Stacy, arguably the first victim of like the social media era. Remember yeah. That story of oh, him getting a picture yeah. at the party. Uh, he was at, at Mizzou. Yeah. He yeah. stayed, didn't, didn't go back to Iowa state with the team, stayed to party at a frat house. Yeah, he was drinking was, natural light. Yeah. yeah he was apartment. drinking yeah. natural light. He said he told uh, me this story. He said I was up at uh, he went to rehab after because he just you know yeah. an alcoholic and as far as we know he's he's been sober ever since. Good for him. He got healthy, so it's really a success story. And he coached for many more years. But he said he's at the rehab and someone goes uh, like it's break and you're, it's all anonymous. You're there, no one knows your name. And he says they're at break and he's just standing with some guy and he goes the guy goes where are you from and he goes uh, Ames Iowa. Goes, oh, Iowa State, they got that crazy basketball coach. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's me. <laughs> that's tremendous. That's a good wow. story. Yeah, so, but good for good We've, for Larry. we've anyway. covered some ground here from the moral high ground to uh, Larry Eustachian rehab. Yes. Yeah. So. I think Ole Miss, uh, Southern Miss knows about redemption and, and, and forgiveness yeah. and the grace uh, that yeah. the God provides us. All right, um, all right. Back to National Signing Day. This this really just this this was so exciting of a of a of a statement um, that we couldn't resist. Um, uh, the big news today, again, you know, uh, I, I just I, I wish we had more going on. It's anticlimactic. The NFL is the best at stretching everything out, so it's an eleven month sport. College football is not. I, I think that's because I just I cannot get into spring practice or that's spring games. Mm, yeah, I, I don't. Some yeah. people do, and uh, I don't know how. Never. Practice. Yeah, about spring practice. It's like NFL OTAs, voluntary OTA, and we get like film of like a couple guys like stretching. Like here they are. Yeah. The Bears are stretching today. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, They're in any, shorts. Yeah. Um. Anyway, here's what I got as the big news. Uh, Georgia landed five-star George Pinkins, number one player in Alabama per rivals. He had been committed to Auburn. Georgia got the number one and two player out of Alabama this year. Wow. Wow. Uh, Four-star defensive end Chris Bogle of Fort Lauderdale flipped from Alabama to Florida. And part of it apparently was the musical chairs for assistant coaches in Tuscaloosa. You don't know who's going to coach you. Right. Um, I don't know if that's the real reason or not, but it's interesting that uh, staff shakeups are being used now against the Tide. I, I'm sure since Alabama came in number one, uh, they'll be fine. But a rare dent in the armor there. Uh, other ones I found interesting. Kentucky 
got a four-star defensive back from Aliquippa, PA. Daryl Rivas' hometown. Uh, he was mm-hmm. leading to Pitt, West Virginia, some others. Uh, continues the Cats working the Midwest really well. I just find this recruiting uh, thing very interesting. The Kentucky now is a force in Big Ten country. Uh, USC closed pretty well. We ragged on them pretty good on the first signing day. They did pretty well. Uh, they closed up decent. Not great. Not USC, but considering everything. Uh, Miami and Georgia Tech also closed pretty well uh, with the two staffs. The one thing that uh, – the trend that continues here that I that I find I – don't, I don't have the historic data on this, but it, it seems to be a growing trend that's why we keep getting the same teams in the playoffs. Um. There are 35 stars per rivals. Um, and so it's basically like a first-round NFL draft pick are the five stars. Uh, 17 yep. of them are going to five schools. Georgia, Bama, LSU, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M, which had a huge thing, and Clemson's right there. If you extend it out to 30, it's like out of 35, five stars on the 24-7 Composite, 17 are going to either Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, or Ohio State. Georgia has five in the 24-7 thing. That's five first-round picks. Um, And I I think this is just, if you get it out to uh, the top 37 on rivals, 22 are going to six schools. Rich are really getting richer over and over and over. Alabama signed one rivals three-star recruit he is a kicker (laughs) alabama is not even bothering with three stars anymore okay you have about 30 uh 30 um you know one if you make this like the nfl draft which i think clarifies some of this yeah some of the first round draft picks are bust but you'll take your chances 30 first round picks those are your fives your fours are like 200 250 deep that's direct, basically your other drafted players. The three stars are the undrafted free agents, and you got to hope they work out. Bama just didn't bother him with that. Georgia signed three. I mean, it is not like, you know, I don't know. I have to pull this thing up, but, like, you know, it's not uncommon for a good recruiting class to have ten of those, ten three stars. They just – they just Alabama's is not even bothering with three stars. And so I think that's why you say, how do they make it every year? Man, when you've got that many draft picks – I mean, just imagine the Patriots going in. I got 25 draft picks. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, that'll that'll help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're already the you're already the best, and then you you get to keep bringing in the best every year. So, I mean, it's remarkable. That's I'm looking at the right now the rivals top ten, and it is exactly what you said. Rich get richer just in the top ten. Alabama's got three of the top ten. Georgia has two. LSU has the overall number one. Texas A&M has the number ten. That leaves two other guys, three other guys. One to Oklahoma, or no, yeah, one to Oklahoma, one to Oregon, one to South Carolina. Uh, it is it is a consolidation of sport, and I think it's a problem. I really do. I think the sport needs more diversity. Now, you know, the other dynamic that's come out of this, a lot of guys are going to transfer, especially quarterbacks. We've seen that, but uh, those numbers will theoretically disperse a little bit more but not until after they're on campus uh, for a while it's just it's a very strange dynamic and I, I don't think it's good for the sport to have 
two, three, four, five teams, you know, continually kind of overtaking the top of not only of the of the, the recruiting rankings, but the actual rankings. Not a good thing, but it's like you tip your hat to excellence, you know, too. That's well, sure. Them. Yeah, sure. no, I mean, I'm not – you don't, like, legislate against it or anything. Yeah. But yeah. How about the SEC with five of the top eight recruiting yeah. classes? Georgia, Alabama, LSU, A&M, and Florida. Good to see Florida have a little juice again. It's a little more fun when Florida's got it going, right? Like, they're, yeah. they're a big brand program. They had a great run in the mid-2000s. Um, I think they have a very good coach who did a really nice job last year, like just a pinch under the radar. But, you know, the Gators got – uh, 14 four stars and you know are kind of rolling there in that eight hole there right behind uh, right behind Oregon A&M and Texas both in the top six uh, shows that you know those those two programs under their uh, under their new coaches are both trajectorying upward but you know I, I not surprising right that SEC is going to keep sort of being that soundtrack of college football as it's really been for about the past 20 years as they've you know it, some could argue really pulled away from uh, you know. Thank God for Clemson, or they really would have pulled away from from everything yeah, else. Right, Clemson's the only the antidote at this point. But it's interesting, obviously, coaching ch- turnover. Uh, but Ohio State at twenty one, that's got to be their lowest in many many years. It's certainly uh, now the one they they probably are going to get the biggest uh, signing day boost of anybody because I, if if not today, at some point in time, I expect Justin Fields to go ahead and get his waiver and be their starting quarterback next year uh and that's not going to factor into these rankings but uh i don't anticipate ohio state being outside the top 20 or the top 10 going forward and recruiting right and one thing about ohio state if you look at their star ranking right so they only have 15 signees right now it's like three seven four or something is a is their is their average recruit so right three seven five yeah yeah Yeah. old miss got 29 kids they're right ahead of them they got a three one four. So you take that. You'll take that. Some years you got to have a small class. Yeah. Um. You're still getting some players. I. I. Uh, going back to your SEC thing, Ole Miss is twenty third in the country. They're eleventh in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only fourteen teams. Like, yeah. you got. Hey, man, top twenty five recruiting class. I mean, you're jacked. Not really. You know. Now <laughs> yeah. they're all bunched up close. So who knows? But that's where you're at. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah. No, I was going to say, Ohio State, I remember Shiano telling me at one point last year, had one senior who played on defense. So yeah. they were going to have they were going to have a small class just because they didn't lose a lot of people. So um, I think they got 16 dudes, according to Rivals, right now. And, uh, yeah, Dan, sorry, I was going to make that point. Three, seven, five. So, again, it's not like a disaster for Ryan Day. Um, but it's just – but Urban was right there parked in the top, you know, three, essentially, for his whole uh, – for his for his whole tenure there, but that three seven five like Georgia's, geez Alabama's an average four, Georgia's three eight, Texas who's third is three seven one. So they're a And M's a nudge ahead of them at three seven seven, but they're sort of swinging with the people they need to be swinging with. All right, the one I I consider um, just noteworthy is UCLA, forty fourth in the rivals rankings. Now we thought maybe they would close better. Um, I, Chip Kelly's first year, um, I you know, who knows with this thing. But they're 44th. They have uh, – they signed five different guys who are two stars. Or six, I think. Actually, six two stars. They have three four-star recruits, and that's it. They signed two kickers, which is interesting. <laughs> but Chip Kelly – uh, you know, I'm not going to say that the rival scouts or myself know more about football. He's very good at finding 
some gems, unearthing some gems. But, boy, this is going to take some unearthing. I mean, this is like Indiana Jones stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, this is the first year of Chip Kelly, the big fanfare of a coach of that quality walking into L.A. where he had previously recruited, you would have thought would have just surged some kids. And USC having this bad year, uh, just by accident, you'd think you'd get a few more of these guys. Now, hey, if he's got them and he wins, I'm I'm not going to be stunned, but this is not the first recruiting class I was expecting out of the UCLA Bruins and Chip Kelly. I, I don't know. No, so, I think you, you give him a whole year uh, to, to lay the recruiting groundwork. And as you said, given the amount of turmoil and uncertainty at USC, you, you would have certainly expected more. And, yeah, two kickers, six two-stars. They got, like, three four-star guys. Uh, one, Charles Joku, a receiver, 6'5 receiver from New Jersey that could fit well into his plans. And a tight end, uh, four-star tight end from Santa Ana. But, man – there's uh this was not a good team in a good place his first year i don't see any a whole bunch of immediate help to change that in year two so he signed a quarterback named chase griffin who's already on campus from hutto texas he's uh i saw chase a couple summers at the quarterback collective camp and you know i think chip or someone there's been quoted that like chase griffin could become president he's like a kid who's going to be a ceo like all-time good kid but he's 5'11 180 chase griffin is not a large human being i mean they have dorian thompson robinson there already who was the big quarterback recruit out of vegas who uh chip kept who played a bunch as a freshman but like chase griffin to me epitomizes like this class and where why they are where they are uh, he had only, you know, he was thinking Harvard, Yale, like those kinds of offers, like was dying to go to like Rice. And Chip Kelly loved him as a kid and he loved what he could do as a quarterback and he loved his intellect. Uh, Chase is a super smart kid. And he was like one of the most productive quarterbacks in the history of Texas football. And uh, to me, it's like, okay, is Chase Griffin Darren Thomas? Like nobody was dying to get Darren Thomas. And he was the quarterback on a team that played in a national title game. So. Um, you know, with Chip Kelly, there's always that, like, line where you sit back and wonder, is he trying to out-genius everyone? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chase Griffin is certainly an interesting test case for that. Um, having interacted with him a handful of times, like, he certainly inspires confidence when you, when you do get to know him. But, you know, in also the, you know, the 6'4", number one quarterback recruit in the country, too, also would inspire confidence. So it's going to be really – that that, to me – will sort of be the bellwether for this class. Like, if Chase Griffin's starting as uh, he's enrolled early, if he's starting or playing, maybe Chip saw something and just sort of cut through all the all the rankings BS and, and found someone who fits what he does. And he made If his- he saw something, then it's something that was only seen by Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, North Texas, and Yale. Those were his other offers, according to, according to rivals. Nobody else in the state of Texas other than North Texas. They also, yeah. they also uh, signed a kid named Jake Landheer. Uh, or land her i'm sorry jake or jack jack land her i'm sorry i see i screwed it all up i got the land part right other than that i got there are three there are, there are three, three uh syllables in this name and i got two out of three wrong so i don't know what i'm talking about but uh two-star athlete from chino hills and again i think this is part of it he, like he's going for quality of kid which is which is fine his right. other three air force army navy you know yeah. so hey if he got into all those three Good Lord. You know, this is an impressive kid. But, uh, you know, is that going to help you against USC? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just a very interesting, not not what I was expecting uh, out of, yeah. uh, out of well, UCLA. 
I'll leave with this, which is interesting. He was recruited by Dana Bible. Dana Bible recruited Matt Ryan to BC and Russell Wilson to NC State. There you go. Yeah. Dana Bible would seem to know what he's doing. So I, I'm not saying Chip has outgeniused everyone with this. It is sitting like a, you know, sitting back in the weeds, chuckling at all the five stars running around. But I do think like he was not going to deal with any of like the recruiting BS and didn't want guys who were going to say, you know, blessed to have my 76th offer from Bowling Green. You know, right, like right, right. Th- that that kind of stuff offends Chip's sensibilities. He wants football players and athletes who you know who love the game and want to fit a system and play hard and it's a it is you know Chris Peterson has some similar philosophies too they're not offering kids you know as an eighth grade seven on seven film right they want to wait they want to get to know them and they feel like that's the best way long term to do it and it's a fascinating test case all right now here's my favorite signee of Wednesday uh Lewis Headley has the new punter for the University of Miami. He is headed to the U. Uh, Lewis Headley is 24 years old, and he's from Australia, where he had been playing Australian rules football. I don't know how you can be an Australian rules, professional Australian rules football player, and then all of a sudden you're you're eligible. But, you know, (laughs) God forbid, you know, a kid gets a a can of Coke for for leading Chino Hills to the the big victory. Um... (laughs) I do wish ESPN would still show Australian rules football, by the way. You're listening. <laughs> can we get this done? Oh, they're, they're uh, listening. I, I can I see you stumbling back at UMass late oh, at night yeah. throwing on some Australian rules Damn football right. and being very entertained then. Great Little Antonio's pizza. Yeah, you're good. That's, Can't go yeah. wrong in Australian <laughs> rules football. Um, anyway, Lewis Headley was at the City College of San Francisco as a JUCO last year. Uh, O.J. Simpson's alma mater. I'm sure they're proud of that. Uh, but what stands out here is this recruiting picture. This is the greatest recruiting picture I've ever seen. <laughs> of all time. If you if you are near a phone, uh, you've got your phone or your computer, and you're listening to this, so you must be, uh, Take hit pause, type in Lewis Headley, H-E-D-L-E-Y, and then just marvel at Lewis Headley doing the U. <laughs> he is six foot four, 215 pounds. He is a strapping Aussie. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. He has a mustache. I mean, he is jacked. Huge muscles. Huge muscles. He's wearing a muscle shirt. He's the punter. He is also completely tatted up. Not just the arms, but all the way to the face. All the way up the the neck. The chin, pretty much. This dude looks like he's about 38 years old and just did a 15-year stint in San Quentin. I mean, look at this thing. It is glorious. I, I am sure he's a heck of a nice guy, but I think the secret to his punting might be no one even dares to block it. Because he will take you out to the general pop yard and you will catch a beat down. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. I, I Seriously. It's the, it is the greatest signing day picture I've ever seen. I, first, I don't know who signs in a muscle shirt, you know, but, but he did. And uh, <laughs> he holds up the U. He is very much on brand with what the U's re- old renegade image. That's for sure. I, Let's this put guy it that is way. awesome. I wish that they, he had done an announcement. I'm sure ESPN was <laughs> like, I'd like to announce on ESPN, you're a punter. No. <laughs> so nobody Take would Take a look it. at the tats. Nobody oh. would do it, but they should have. Yeah, and this is the difference between uh, 
Manny Diaz is Miami and Mark Rick's Miami. Yeah, Miami yeah. is loving no, no. this. He committed to Mark, Mark Rick. Mark Rick would have been like, he, oh, he's just one of them. Because Miami is just like uh, pumping it up. But he committed, he committed to Rick. Well, Rick wanted him. So I think he's oh, probably really? a super nice guy. Well, I just yeah. meant like the publicity aspect of it. Yeah, like, yeah, Miami he, uh, is not like uh, tap the brakes. They're like, yes, we it. have this completely I want to play with this guy that's the thing I want to play with him now for invite him to the fun zone Dan anybody (laughs) out there who was also an enthusiast of the old lock up raw shows on MSNBC and I think we all are angry at MSNBC's uh, Donald Trump obsession now because they no longer give us the lock up raw overnight Saturday night talk about come home from the bars with some good TV Uh. Uh, did you either of you two watch that show? You probably were too classy for it. Sorry, no. It. That, no. That's, that's all yours. I'd heard of it, but I never watched it. Well, he, he looks like the third Slagle brother. <clears throat> the the okay. Slagle brothers are legendary lockup characters, Ray and Roy. They were these clean-shaven white dudes from Colorado who were both in prison and appeared on different seasons of the show. Uh, and everybody loved them uh, because they had just uncaged violence combined with like these thoughtful interviews like you would never see coming and ray had this incredible ability to like cook using commissary items he made a tuna casserole in a cell once that i was ready to have i wanted to... <laughs> he eventually got out for a little while and he was trying to publish a cookbook called prison grub this guy was amazing i'm but there are people nodding right now i know that there are some ray slagle fans out there <laughs> I may or may not have contributed to the publishing's GoFundMe account. I may or may not. Have. Oh my god! <laughs> he passed away, uh, unfortunately. Two thousand. We've really covered some ground on the pod today. Yeah. This may be Pat- our most diverse pod. So I feel Hattiesburg I just feel- to prison grub to yeah. <laughs> We've gone. Got to watch that. watch a Ray Slagle cook. I mean, he's incredible. He was incredible. Not easy to cook in those prison cells. <laughs> I would think not. <laughs> You don't get in the top ingredients. Tuna casserole is that something what you said? like that. He was yeah. chopping stuff up. I'm telling you, you have chopping homework. stuff up with probably a knife that he had just extricated from somebody's it's ribs. Possible. Yeah, it was a shank, but out I don't in the know. yard. You got to do yeah. what you got to do, man. Can't be. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, hey, Lewis, here's All right. Lewis Headley to me is early <clears throat> candidate for podcast man of the year. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Keep him in mind, please. It's only February, but when we get around yeah. to it next December, he's he's strong in the money or in the running. My two things that I like the most for this. All right. First of all, as you noted, City College of San Francisco, same as OJ. Might have been OJ's cellmate at one point, I would, <laughs> I would say is possible. The other, if you look at the picture, his ears are completely different sizes. Can somebody please explain this to me? Whoa. I don't know whether it's he like had like a flower big, ear. Like Maybe, wrestlers. or he had a big gauge in the left ear and it stretched out the, the lobe or whatever, but uh, he has completely different shape, diff- different size ears. Somebody, I need an explanation of that after <laughs> I got past the tattoos, I noticed that. I don't know about that. I mean, what? Are, he's a good-looking guy. He's better-looking than us three. Well, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disputing bar. that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not <laughs> disputing that. We have some standards. I, I just, I mean, this guy is jacked. What is he doing? <laughs> he is lifting a lot of weights. Yes, he is. <laughs> love him. Absolutely love him. <laughs> That's the signing day hero that we needed. It's That's official. Yeah. I'm a cane. Yeah. I hate this, like, second signing day. It's just like a ugh, you know? Yeah, like, there's there's no juice. There's no buzz. Everything's already in the, you know, the hay's already in the barn. Yes. Thank yep. you. Thank you, Lewis Headley, for saving what used to be signing day. Yes. You really yep. did save it. 
did, it really yep. did save it. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking a little of recruiting here, uh, let's switch quickly to basketball. Um, Arizona uh, has had uh, some, um, I don't know, some uh, allegations against their recruiting, basketball recruiting, via the uh, the trials of uh, last October. And we felt amiss if we didn't discuss a story we put out this week uh, suggesting that the uh, the NCAA has begun an investigation into them and, uh, and various other things. Pete, you want to fill us in on all the details? Fill the audience in. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the gist of the story, there's a couple of tenets to it, Dan. Uh, the first is that the NCAA investigation into Arizona has begun. Um, this is obviously, and, and we wrote it in there, and we're going to write more about this in the upcoming weeks and months, but this is essentially the biggest, not just the Arizona investigation, but in the wake of the federal investigation. It's going to be the biggest investigation, most wide and sweeping, and also in importance in NCAA history. And so Arizona is going to be part of that. Um the sort of dueling NCA investigation and the upcoming trial of Christian Dawkins um, have kind of put Arizona in the crosshairs first, if you will. And, uh, you know, there's another meeting this week of, uh, of the, an executive session of Arizona's board. Now, in, in the state of Arizona, the University of Arizona doesn't have a board. All the public schools share the same board. So now multiple times they've had executive session to discuss the future of Arizona basketball and there's another one of those coming uh coming this week and they they have some very very difficult decisions to make upcoming just because the 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 NCA case with Book Richardson the assistant coach pleading guilty is coming a lot more into focus now and administratively they're asking themselves and have been asking themselves you know can we navigate through this with Sean Miller still as our coach and and I just think like there, there is going to be that program in the immediate future is going to be more under the microscope and more in focus than than maybe some of the others. But there are plenty others, um, as we uh, as we know. If you think about uh, Kansas, obviously is uh, is one of them. Louisville, USC, NC State, Oregon, LSU, who also had a coach on wiretap with Christian Dawkins, who could be end up being subpoenaed for the trial. Uh, Creighton, DePaul, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, Auburn. I mean, there's plenty. Plenty for the NCAA to canvas here. It just appears that Arizona is coming to the forefront because of the because of the duality of both the Dawkins trial and the NCAA issues. Yeah, there's a lot going on out there. Uh, it may just not all be on the surface, and that's kind of been the case with this whole thing throughout. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. I I actually did somebody's radio show earlier today, and they were like, "Well, yeah, where's all this been? Well, it's been where it always has been. Yeah. It's been in the it's been in the courts. It's been in the the ba- the ball is in uh, the hands of the federal investigators and has been, and and the NCAA has been waiting. Now we know that they have started in, uh, as you said. Uh, obviously, they've gotten the the green light to begin in doing some investigative work, and Arizona is certainly among those who have the investigation has begun. Uh but it's happening, and it's going to continue happening, I believe. And I, I, I don't think that this is a situation where the NCAA is going to spare a blue blood because that would be squishy to go after blue blood. I don't think they can afford that. It, first of all, their credibility is very much on the line. And I think we saw with the punishment that they laid on Silvio D'Souza and the ridiculous response to that punishment from Kansas that, uh, that, that I think that – most schools that are caught up in this better be ready for some hard times to come because I, I don't think the NCAA can in any way afford to not 
go after this to the full extent that it can and levy punishments to the full extent that it can. It's going to be uh, very interesting the next few months, uh, including the April, uh, just after the Final Four trial, second trial uh, in this case. A lot of, once again, nervous souls because once they get into uh, a very aggressive defendant and an attorney, uh, in Christian Dawkins, the defendant, and uh, and uh, uh, Steve Haney, the uh, the um, attorney, and so you know they're as they said uh, they're they're there to to defend themselves, not worry about college basketball. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff could happen. Uh, this story, I know it's been kind of slow moving and and fits and fits and starts, but uh, it it is still going on. Uh, all right, you got something else, Pete? I was just going to say, one of the big misconceptions, like talking to coaches and talking to people who ask about this, that I, that I wanted to point out, because I feel myself saying this like once a week, is they're like, you know, the feds aren't operating, these trials aren't operating like, well, at the Final Four, when the NCAA tournament starts this season, they don't care. Like, they're operating right. totally independent of all of this, and they're letting, you know, they're, they're not sitting around the Southern District of New York being like, well, the NCAA tournament starts March yeah. 20th or, or whatever. Like, it's just, that's just not how they're operating. They could care less, like, you know, there's there's no crossover towards the schedule that we follow in basketball and in the, in the, in the federal schedule, because, quite frankly, they don't really care about NCAA rules. That's all just collateral damage that's going to that's gonna potentially emerge in all this. Yeah, there's no, like, we got to get this done before the hiring process. This is not yeah. the coach's carousel. Yeah, not going to yeah. happen. Um, all right. In uh, in an ongoing saga, one of our ongoing oh, yeah. sagas, uh, we're, we're the ongoing saga of crime at New Orleans chicken restaurants. <laughs> Did not expect this to become an ongoing saga, but maybe I should have. Having <laughs> maybe been should to have New been, Orleans and certainly and been to yeah. chicken restaurants there. I'm enthusiastic for crime at New Orleans chicken restaurants <laughs> as an ongoing saga. Yeah, you know I, I like the topic. I really like New Orleans chicken restaurants, so we're on that. Uh, regular listeners will recall we uh, when a man named Arthur Posey was arrested for threats of terrorism <laughs> when he walked into a, the Willie's Chicken Shack on Canal Street <laughs> and boldly told employees he was about to, quote, blow up the bathroom, quote, Unquote. <laughs> uh, the concerned manager called the cops. Turned out Arthur was just going uh, in a significant way in the bathroom. <laughs> it was just it was a, a, an, an unfortunate euphemism. <laughs> euphemism gone bad. Was yeah. not a threat of terrorism. I do believe is rather rude to announce that. Uh, maybe you tell him after. So they're aware that there's some cleaning to do, but I thought that was rude. But I do not believe that is a, there's a federal statute against it. So Arthur was able to go free after being detained. Well, now we get this: uh, the uh, according to the uh, New Orleans NOLA.com, New Orleans Times Picayune, Hannah Kruger, who is on the chicken crime and chicken restaurant beat, uh, a man entered the Popeyes. The 8,700 block of Chef Mentor Highway, New Orleans East on Monday, and attempted to steal money from the register. Okay, this is pretty, you know, smash and grab, pretty common. Register yep. wouldn't budge, though. So, uh, Philip Lee, 27, decided, well, if I'm not going to get any money, I'll just take some fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> And fled the 
fled the Popeyes with dinner. He just took off, I guess. With Did some, it detail? Was it like an eight-pack, a four-pack? Was it wings, breasts? We don't have any idea. We really need to get the police report on this. We may report yeah. back more on this. Um, sorry. This it's, is a very – this is – in our in our investigative wheelhouse, I mean, we yeah. get yes. to the bottom of this. And I think you know, you know no offense to Hannah because she's probably very busy. This is why we need to support yeah. local journalism. We need yeah. reporters <laughs> getting to the bottom of fried chicken thefts. Uh, so right. th- this guy's a little like the Bud Light Bandit. I mean, I he, was thinking of him. Yeah, yeah, just grab the chicken and run. Um, he was arrested in the botch robbery. Unfortunately, they did catch him. They located him probably because he was down the street. <laughs> eating an enormous amount of chicken <laughs> plus the grease on the fried i mean you're gonna leave fingerprints everywhere yeah I mean, this is not <laughs> it's not gonna I, help I, your your breakaway speed from the cops if yeah. you, you know <laughs> <laughs> no you're kind of weighted down i'm assuming you didn't steal anything grilled right like i, mean, no. I don't think there's probably a lot of healthy options it does there. say fried gotta, no come on now yeah you, was, I, you gotta go for the spicy though there i mean that's that's some good stuff they do have hey they do have a live well menu items under 350 calories i can't imagine nobody anybody buys them ever bought those yeah <laughs> yeah we, we, no. Oh, it's going to go get a salad. Where are you going, Popeyes? Really? <laughs> yeah. Salad. Philip Lee. Bond set at 13500 for Philip Lee. Now, that's a Kickstarter I would contribute to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the comments, of course, are excellent on NOLA.com. I he would wa- think so. He wasn't charged with battery. It was battering. <laughs> love that chicken People, a lot of a lot of Popeye fans are saying <laughs> must have been easy to find just follow the chicken bones <laughs> now if, if if southern miss coach Jay Hobson came out with an impassioned defense of the chicken bandit I think we could all get behind him God has provided me the grace to forgive <laughs> Philip Lee yes right right oh my god uh, but, uh, all right. But no, I, I think it's a it's a it's a chicken crime wave in uh, in Louisiana. <laughs> we got to keep our eyes on this. Yeah, too many people are worried about that botched call, and they're, they don't have their eyes on the chicken disappearing. <laughs> That's exactly. Tough, it's tough. a great time for the chicken thieves to strike. Or the, chicken, <laughs> the chicken criminals. <laughs> they were the chicken thieves. They were they're out. Too, they're too caught up in being mad at the NFL right now. <sighs> <laughs> All right. This is your big chance if you're a bandit in, in New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, when they were marching against the Super Bowl. I love how many people <laughs> took to the street on that. <sighs> All right. So uh, if you're hungry, go to Popeye's. Uh, they'll take care of you. Philip Lee knows. So good, he's he's willing to pay 13500 for it, apparently. <laughs> the only thing worse, according to Roscoe in the comments, the only thing worse than a chicken thief is a fried chicken thief. <laughs> 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 you know, good one, Roscoe. Comments, comment sections are just horrible bastions of like ignorance and yeah. racism oh, and terrible. Terrible. But there are terrible. certain stories where they really come through for you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. this this would be one of them. Uh, all right, that's our podcast. Please, um, please subscribe, uh, post a review, spread it on social media. I mean, where else do you get this kind of nonsense today? This was a, apparently a college football podcast. Um, I'm not sure. Did, did we just we discussed it sort of? So there you go. Uh, talk to you guys all next week. <laughs>